I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I am Greg Cott. My co-host is Jim DeRogatis, and we don't have enough time to cram your ears full of great music on the regular show, so the bonus podcast is a great opportunity for us to take the, the proverbial trip to the desert and play yet another track we cannot live without, because every week we come up with three or four tracks we can't live without, and we get to play one of them on the show. Jim, give us a hint of what you've got for us. I'm going to that period in the late 80s, Greg, that you and I loved so much, and in which we're, we're never running out of bands to talk about uh, their enduring influence. I think this is one of the, possibly the, single most underrated band of the late 80s. Wow, okay. Big claim. We're going to hear that when we come back. We're back, Jim. What song are you going to add to the Desert Island Jukebox? Greg, I said one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated band of the 80s. First indie American group signed... 4AD, right? Instant cred, because this is the artist label in the UK, right. right? Who do they sign first? Do you recall? No, I don't. Throwing Muses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have known that. Throwing Muses has been on my mind because Kristen Hirsch is touring solo. There has always been something magical about her. She's got this mysterious, charismatic presence on stage. And Throwing Muses was the perfect vehicle for that. Boston, which is where they were based, they came together originally in Rhode Island. But I'm living in Hoboken, and I'm living at Maxwell's. They opened, you know, at Maxwell's or headlined at Maxwell's a dozen times. I saw them a dozen times. And they were always great. It was two stepsisters originally, Kristen Hirsch and Tanya Donnelly. Tanya leaves first to be in the Breeders and then to form Belly. But it was always about Kristen. And I fell in love with the Hunk Papa album. Now, some people think that 1989 third album is where they began to smooth out their sound. But I don't hear that. (laughs) I don't. It is as weird and fractured. Is this folk? Is this Art rock is this, you know, occasionally it's very funky. What they did is up their grooves on Mm -hmm. Hunk Papa. Try to search out lyric analyses or interviews with Kristen back in the day. She was big on leaving an air of mystery about Mm -hmm. the group. What is this Native American sounding word? And in this song that I'm going to play, what is she talking about? It seems as if she's a female shaman or Mm. Native American woman, mother, mother earth, right? And something about the Texas sun. And uh, the last I saw of Oklahoma, that gas station in the dusk, right? And and dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. The sun overhead beating down makes her dizzy, dizzy, dizzy in my head. It is catchy. It is sinister and mystical. Love that villain on the run. He's got me spinning around and falling on my head. I just remember all of us in fanzine world in the 80s always trying to figure out what the heck. Yeah. Kristen was singing about. It didn't matter. She was casting a spell, and I was all in for it. I think they've had a lot of great moments over the years, but Hunk Pop is the one that has always stuck with me. So the song, appropriately enough, since dizzy is a word that comes up dozens of times, is called Dizzy. Throwing Muses on Sound of Yeah. 
Throwing Muses with Dizzy. Man, I love that song when it came out in 89. I still love it today. In theory, they disbanded in 97, but they still come back together sometimes. And and I don't know, yeah. you know, Kristen Hirsch, even touring solo, is still throwing muses to me. Right. And they had, the spinoff band was even bigger, right? Well, he scored its, its yeah. alternative era hits. Yeah. But see, throwing muses was one of those bands that was just too weird indie rock no. 80s to like become the mainstream no, hit that right. Belly was you're or right. Veruca Salt was. I interviewed Kristen a couple times and she was always intriguing. There was no other interviewee like Kristen Hirsch. And she would always be talking about issues like mental illness and, you know, things that were not in the mainstream culture yet. You right, know, right. But, but how they impacted her songwriting. She was just coming at things from a totally different angle than most anybody else. And you, you get what I'm saying with that female shaman oh, yeah, thing, right? Sure. You were just making fun of me a couple of weeks ago for loving all things witchy. But there, <laughs> there is something, I think very similarly, Mary Timoney, you know, was always obsessed with witchiness and pagan stuff. Oh, yeah. And neither helium nor throwing muses ever reached the audience they should have. They should have been huge. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, I don't think what they were putting out was... Was, like I said, it wasn't mainstream at all. Not that it's no. mainstream now, but I think it's more acceptable now. That's more understood. People are starting to understand well, alternative viewpoints, yeah, yeah, alternative yes and, lifestyles. Yes a little and bit no. More. I, I think there are going to be revivals when these women are 50 and 60 in the way that people today discover the incredible string band. Yeah. And they say, how on earth did this group of pagan weirdos play Woodstock? Mm-hmm. They were too weird to make the movie, yeah. right? And, and But bands form because they rediscover. So I'm waiting for the Throwing Muses and Helium rediscoveries. Well, there you go. I, you know, it could come in our lifetime. And you would be the happiest man on the planet, I probably. would. Somebody pay me to write that book. As always, we love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of Throwing Muses or anything we say on the show. To support Sound Opinions, become a member on on Patreon and connect with other listeners in our Facebook group. Thanks for listening.